The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Great, that's where we're going to end this morning, John chapter 8. So <clears throat> we're going to be in a couple of different places between now and then. So uh, I just uh, wanted you to turn somewhere because I don't think you'll have time to turn to the rest of these. So uh, this is our last message this morning, the second part of... Uh, that's not in the Bible. Last week we started this, and uh, we talked about to thine own self be true. And I gave you a, a couple of different thoughts about this. I do think this is our uh, the biggest uh, threat to us as Christians today. That that just that statement, and that kind of became a a new. Uh, worldly saying, in my opinion, about to thine own self be true. Uh, it's kind of the ideal of you take care of yourself. Number one, know yourself, love yourself, be true to yourself. Uh, it's all about me and I and self. Think about it. Uh, to thine own self be true. Of course, we talked about where that came from last week. You can go and hear that online, but uh, the Bible says this, if, if anyone would come after me, this is Christ talking, he says we must deny ourselves, take up his cross and follow me. So that, that ideal of, of to thine own self be true directly contradicts what God's word actually says. And that's that if we would come after Christ, we would deny ourselves. We talked about what that means last week. I want to just hit a couple of high points. Uh, from our from the message last week, and we talked about trends that really threaten our culture today. The first was this civil individualism. Now, uh, our civic individualism. Let me just give you a quick definition. That that simply means is is it right for me or not? So it's it, again, it goes back to that uh, that ideal of of it's just individualism. It's, if it's right for me, then it's right. If it's okay with me, then it's okay. Uh, and so that's, that's one of the things that threatens our society today. I think you can see that all over the place. If you watch the news, actually, if you just listen to people, you get that same ideal of, hey, if it's right for me, then it's got to be right. The second, second thing we talked about was moral relativism. And, and what that means, that's, that's just a term that simply means there are no more moral absolute. We see that all around us today. Uh, uh, it, if it's wrong for you, it might be right for me. If it's right for me and not right for you, it doesn't matter to thine own self be true. It's whatever you think. Uh, is it wrong for me or is it right for me? And, and, and decisions are made simply on that. Uh, the, the, the ideal of, and we talked about this last week, one time in America, people gave up their own rights for the, the, the freedom of many, and that, that's, that's not happening anymore. It's more about just what's right for me or what's wrong for me, and kind of the ideal of just follow your heart. If, if it feels good, follow your heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is desperately wicked, and who can know it? So that ideal of that, no more moral absolutes, thine own self be true, goes directly against what God's Word would have to say. And then last week, the last thing we looked at was spiritual pluralism. And that simply means this, 
All beliefs are the same. It doesn't matter what you believe, they're all okay. It, it doesn't, uh, it claims that anyone that, that anyone that has any belief, uh, it's fine and your way of believing is not superior to their way of believing. Doesn't matter what religious group and religion is going to send more people to hell than anything because religion is nothing, okay? Jesus Christ in a relationship with Him is what everything is about when we come to Christ, but uh, if your religion says this is good and my religion says I'm the only one to heaven, I'm the, I have the, the only key to heaven, then, then we are intolerant, and that won't be taken today in our society. So uh, we're kind of there today, and we talked about tolerance last week. We talked about the new definition of tolerance, and I'm not going to go back and re-preach that message. So I kind of laid out last week, here's where we are, or here's where we're headed today in America, I believe. So this morning, I want us to think about the required response we should have in our culture. So what are the required responses? And uh, And I believe there's a the trends kind of that we're going to is kind of dangerous. So uh, you may have heard of G.K. Chesterton. He was an old English author, uh, author who he influenced the writing of C.S. Lewis. And I, I think probably most of y'all have heard of C.S. Lewis. Uh, I want you to listen to what he once said. Tolerant is a virtue of a man without conviction. Now think about what he's saying. Tolerance is a virtue of a man without conviction. This statement kind of alludes to uh, uh, of one of dire consequences. It's the new tolerance we talked about last week. It's, it's the loss of conviction. Uh, it, it, it's something that we tolerate and, and no longer do we have strong convictions about this or about that, about God's word, about sin, about heaven, and and uh, I've said before we've we I preached a message one time about the sin, the 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 sinfulness of sin and and kind of even in churches we've kind of winked off a lot of sins and said yeah you know that's not that bad and we can let that go and and uh, that that's the loss of convictions that that we once had so what are we going to do with this and. The psalmist asked the same question in Psalms. He said, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? When our moral and spiritual foundations are crumbling around us, they're being destroyed, what can we do? And we talked about Rip Van Winkle last week, and, and uh, we talked about waking up. And church, we got to wake up. It's time to... To wake up, it's time to ask ourselves, hey, what can the righteous do in this time that we live in today? And what can the church do? And sometimes we, and I'm guilty of this sometimes too, we want to live back in the church day of 1990 or 1950 and, and say, hey, I, I love doing those things. I wish church was back the way it was in the 50s. And, and I want to challenge you to wake up because Rip Van Winkle went to sleep with these conditions, and he woke up to a new world. Folks, we as Christians need to wake up. We need to realize that, that there are some things we can do, and, and there might be some different things we need to do, even if it's unpopular with us, that we might be able to reach some others. Now, understand this. I'm not talking about changing the message. 
Okay, the Bible says God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We'll never change the message. In this church, I pray that no way would ever, ever, ever leave here and say, well, you know, uh, that was pretty good, but it was all His opinion. I, I, I try to preach God's Word because God's Word never changes. There's no errors in God's Word, and if we stay with God's Word, we'll always be right. But we've got to figure out and we've got to reach out and we got to think, what's our response to this culture that we live in today? I have some ideals this morning. First, we need to speak the truth even when it's unpopular. Christians, we need to speak the truth even if it's unpopular. I want you to think about this, and, and I don't want you to answer it, but have you ever simply thought this or said this? Hey, it's not my place to say anything. You know, somebody comes up to you and says, well, I don't believe this and I don't believe that. And you say, hmm, yeah, well, who am I to say anything? Who, who am I to give an opinion on that? You're a born-again Christian, and you know what? You have the truth. We have the truth, Christians, and we've got to speak the truth even when it's unpopular. We can't simply come up to say, well, to thine own self be true. If you believe that, that works for you. When we start doing that, we're falling into this new culture. Hey, I can accept that. If it feels good, do it. To thine own self be true. Dr. Francis Schaeffer, he, he addressed this question. Listen to what he says. If there are no absolute moral standards, then one cannot say in a final sense that anything is right or wrong. By absolute, we mean that which applies to all people that which provides a final and an ultimate standard. If there are no absolutes beyond man's ideal, then there's no final appeal to any judge. Between individuals, between groups, between those of moral judgment and have conflict in moral judgment, we're merely left with conflicting opinions. If there's no absolute moral standards, we all are just left with conflicting opinions. Well, that's your opinion. Here's my opinion, and there's your opinion. And, and folks, we, our, our country was founded on the belief that there are some objective human truths. That's where our country was founded. Our, our forefathers, they, they, they understood there were some truths. They wrote in the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. And, and that's what our, our country was built on. There are truths today. I talked about this one last week. Jesus in John 14, 6 said, I am the way, I am the truth, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't say, I'm one of the ways. I'm, I'm one of the truths. I'm part of life. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. The, the, the original language actually says this, one and only kind of claim. That when they would define that word, I'm the way, the truth, and life, it would be defined this, I am a one and only kind of claim. I'm making this claim. I'm the only one that can make this claim. And Jesus, uh, he didn't claim to be the way, one of the ways, one of the truths, one of the, one of the ideals about Christianity. He said, I'm it. I have the, 
I have the keys to heaven, I have the keys to hell, and, and I'm the way to God. And folks, we have that truth if we're born-again Christians. And sometimes people try to dismiss Jesus by saying, oh, He was just a good teacher. He, he was a good teacher. C.S. Lewis, I mentioned earlier, he wrote some strong words about this about the exclusivity of Jesus. He said this, if you had gone to Buddha and you asked him, are you the son of a Brahma? He would have said, my son, you are still living in a veil of illusion. If you had gone to Socrates and asked, are you the son of Zeus? He would have laughed at you. If you had gone to Muhammad and asked, are you the son of Allah? Allah? He would have first rent his clothes and then had your head cut off. If you ask Confucius, are you, uh, are you going to heaven? I think he would have probably replied, remarks which are not in accordance with nature are in bad taste. The ideal of a great moral teacher says that Christ says what Christ said about one of our questions. In my opinion, this is this C.S. Lewis, the only person who can say that sort of thing is either God or a complete lunatic. He's talking about saying, I'm the, I'm the way, the truth, and life. Only God could say that or a complete lunatic, suffering from a delusion which undermines the whole mind of a man. That's in the book called we are, What We Are to Make of Christ. What We Are to Make of Christ. Uh, but, but think about that. Any other religion, they don't tie themselves to God the Father and say, hey, this is the only way. They, they say there's other way. Tolerance says Jesus is only one way to heaven. Hey, you can have your way. If it's true for you, it's okay with me. Dorothy Sayers said, in this world, it's called tolerance, but in hell it's called despair. The sin that believes in nothing, cares for nothing, seeks to know nothing, interferes with nothing, enjoys nothing, hates nothing, finds purpose in nothing, lives for nothing, and remains alive because there's nothing for which we would die for. That's where we are today when it comes to tolerance. Hey, it's, it's nothing there. What is there to live for? We're, what is there in the future? We, we live our life, we die, we're buried in the ground, and that's the end. What is there to live for there? Jesus said there's a way to heaven. Here's the second thing that we should do. This is another option. We can speak the truth in love. We can choose to obey God rather than men. Did you hear that? Boy, you can, we can fly right through that statement and you say, oh, I heard that all my life. I want you to think about it. We can choose to obey God rather than men. Okay, you remember back in the book of Acts, Peter and John's there. They're preaching the gospel. They're preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and the Supreme Court of Israel, the Sanhedrin. They officially order them into prison. And if they, as they order them into prison, they, they set them down and they said, okay, it's okay for you to believe that Jesus is the Christ. You remember what they told them? But keep your mouth shut. We're being told that today, folks. You believe what you want to. Keep it to yourself. You know, what, you know what Peter and John said? It's right there in Acts chapter 4, verse 19. They're talking to the Supreme Court of Israel. He says, judge for yourself whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. 
For we cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and what we've heard. As the, the Supreme Court of Israel said, okay, you believe what you want to believe, but you don't be telling other people. They simply replied, hey, you think we're going to obey you over God? You judge for yourself. Who do you think we're going to obey? But, but as for us, we're going, to, we're going to talk about what we've seen. We're going to talk about what we heard. And that's exactly where we find ourselves today in the postmodern world. Just simply says, keep your beliefs to yourself. Keep them to yourself. We don't need to hear them. We, we don't care what they say. And, and I, I, I believe in a short time there will be laws passed that, that'll make some kind of ideal along the lines that if, hey, if you say, if I say homosexuality is wrong, then, then, then I could be arrested for hate speech. If you say that, you could be arrested for hate speech. You, you're not including people. That's, that's, a, that's a crime. That's a hate crime. You know what? That's already in effect in Canada. You might say, oh, Jake, you're just dreaming about stuff. No, that, that's happening in our country today. You can't speak against sin, because if you speak against sin, you're intolerant. If you're intolerant, you're, you're a hate crime. You're, you're hating on people. But listen, as Christians, we love people. That's why we speak the truth. We don't want anyone to go to hell. We don't want anyone to die without Christ. So when we see someone living in a sinful lifestyle, God has put it in our heart to say, hey, let me speak the truth, and I want to speak the truth in love. Let me give you an example of that. Ron Brown, he's an assistant football coach at the University of Nebraska. He has an impeccable academic and athletic credentials. I mean, he, he has it all. He was one of the leading candidates for a head coaching job at Stanford University. He was rejected because, as an evangelical Christian, he stated his candid opinion, and he said, I believe homosexuality is wrong. Brown, this guy, he's an African-American. He never identified the school, but everybody knew where he went. He went to Stanford on this interview. Here's what he said. If they had a problem with my skin color, they would have never come out and said it. Which is true. If they had just said, oh, we're not going to hire, we don't want this, we're not going to hire black guys or coach, they would have come out and told him that. They wouldn't have come and said, this is why we're not hiring you. He said, if they had a problem with my skin color, they would have never came out and said it. But they had a problem with my faith. And they had no problem saying, we have issues with your faith. The school later issued an explanation that said his beliefs had to be considered in his final evaluation. So they simply said, hey, you can't be our head coach because you've, made, you've taken a stand in what you believe, and because of what you believe, we consider that, and, and we're not going to be able to hire you. I thought about Tim Tebow. A lot of y'all know him. You know, he, he came in. I, I don't know if he's a good quarterback or he's not a good quarterback. He came in, I know, when the, when the starting quarterback was, was injured through the playoffs, took his team through the playoffs, won games, uh, took a stand for Christ, and he's not even in the NFL anymore. He, he's tried out for a few teams. He's tried out for some baseball. But he, is, he has literally been he – has, he has verbally told the world. He said – he told the TV, this is my platform. 
Football's not my platform. Football simply gave me a platform to proclaim Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. So what did they do? They just disconnected him. We don't want you to be a part of this anymore. You know, right here in Cooper, Texas, I don't want y'all to, to go and, and throw a big, huge fit. When I, I've been in the press box for probably 18 years up here in Cooper. Up till about five or six years ago, we had a prayer before every game. Y'all remember that? They finally said, uh, adults can't lead it, but students can lead it, so we had a student prayer. Well, y'all been to a football game in the last six or seven years. We, we just dropped that off. Too. You know why? Well, we don't want to make anybody mad. We don't want to get the government mad at us, cut our funding off. And if we're going to pray, we got to pray, let everybody pray. We got to let Hindu pray to his God. We got to let this person pray to his God. Isn't that ridiculous? How far we've come. I mean, that's, that's, you say, well, that's in the world today. No, that's in Delta County today. That's where we are today. I, I tell y'all what, yesterday, we, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but, uh, we had a, we had the Cotton Harvest Festival yesterday. The praise team sang at it yesterday morning and, they did a great job. They were able to stand up and proclaim God's Word there. And uh, Last night, they had a guy named Mike Ryan that sings country music. He was there. If I miss any of these names up, y'all can, y'all can point me out. So uh, a while back, East Delta Baptist Church, we talked about it in a business meeting. We decided to try to help sponsor that event for uh, uh, I think it's a good event for our community. It's a good event for our church, and we've been a part of that from the very beginning. So we did that. So a couple of different things. You know, we 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 had our name there on the stage on some banners, or our names on the T-shirt. But you know what? That did more than anything. That gave us an opportunity. It gave us a platform. It gave us a platform to to get up and say, "Hey, here's what we believe at East Delta Baptist Church." Let me tell y'all something. Colton preached a message. Did you know you were preaching yesterday? <laughs> so, so Colton stood in front of probably more people than I've ever preached to, okay? Probably three or 400 people there. And he was talking about the sponsors, and he talked about East Delta Baptist Church, and he talked about his faith. And he talked about Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ. Listen, folks, we need to speak the truth. We need to say, you know what? I'm going to obey God rather than men. And today in a postmodern world, we're going, we're, we're, we're going backwards. And, and there's no going back. We need to move forward. And if you think this is an awful message, I want you to think again. If you think, boy, this was gloom and doom today, we should be tremendously excited about the opportunity we have today to share the truth of the gospel in a postmodern world where people are gonna they're gonna need the truth. Folks, people need the truth today. And and in and as things go, they're gonna finally start looking for his truth, and his truth is, is named Jesus Christ. And we have that truth, and when we have opportunities and we have platforms whether it be on a stage in front of three or four hundred people or whether it be in a coffee room or a break room at school or at your office we have the truth and we need to speak the truth and if your work says hey we need to keep that out of the office choose for yourself am i going to obey god 
or am I going to obey man? Well, we could get into a whole ball of wax there. Well, I got to have my job. Well, yeah, you got to have your job. Do you believe that God is going to provide for you and keep you and protect you? That's where it comes down to. Do we trust God or do we trust man? Folks, the good news is we have the answer to life questions. We have the answers and we have the truth. In the fiddler on the roof, Tyree, he, he's listening to some villagers debate about a business transaction. The issue at stake is whether an animal is a horse or a mule. They're doing this transaction. One villager asked Tyree, he says, well, would you support my side of the or- argument? So uh, Tyree says, you're right. Well, then the other villager, Tam, and he, he kind of stresses Tyree an op- opposing argument, and, and he says, uh, what do you think? So Tyree shugs his shoulder and says, well, you're right too. Well, then a third villager, he comes in and he confronts Tyree and he says, but Tyree, they both can't be right. He thought for a moment and said, well, you're right too. <laughs> That's kind of the spirit of the age. You're right. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. Hey, I don't want to say, uh, you know, everybody's right. Islam, they claim that Jesus is simply a great prophet. They say he was never crucified. He was never resurrected. The Bible says Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried on the third day. He rose again. Both of those statements can't be right. You can't say, well, you know, Islam, you're right. And, well, Christians, you're right. They, they can't be both right. So, so we have to make a decision what's right and what's not right, what's absolute and what's not absolute. There's only one truth, and, and we can't say to both they're true. So we need to make a decision. Hey, if Islam is right, we need to, we need to disband this church. We need, to, we need to turn this building to a mosque and... We need to start teaching the Islam truth. If, if they're right, but if Christianity is right, then we need to say, hey, I'm going to lovingly share the good news of Jesus Christ with you because that's our hope. And there's millions and millions and millions of people that are wandering around with no hope. We have the truth. It's not simply to thine own self be true. What is truth? What do you think self thinks about truth? It's it's pretty scary if you think about that saying, to thine own self be true. But here's what Jesus said, and this is where we're going to close. This is John chapter 8. Jesus said these words, If you hold to my teaching, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you watch Stanford and Son, that was Esther statement. That's what Esther said all the time. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, folks, that's true. Jesus said, you hold to my teaching. You really are my disciples. If we've been asleep far too long, we've been silent way too long. 